Welcome one and all to the Games and That Podcast, the show where we share our opinions on all things gaming with you, our wonderful audience, in hopes to create a positive community where gamers, both casual and hardcore alike, can share their own thoughts, opinions, and experiences. I'm Andrew Fiak. And I'm Brandon Carnahan. How's it going, people? It's going for me. Is it going? It's going. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Andrew. Other than the fact that I bought some bananas with a picture of Samuel L. Jackson on them this week, oh, what some, other interesting some, some news is going bananas. on? Uh, wow, what a segue. We're just getting <laughs> straight down to brass tacks here, aren't we? Yeah, they have Captain Marvel stickers all over the bananas at the grocery store, and I went out of my way to get the Sam Jackson ones. <laughs> it's like the uh, the Yoda oranges, like the little the kids' oranges, whatever they're called, the, the cuties or whatever. Did hey, man, I'm six years old. If you put something I like on something, I'm going to buy it. Hey, if if kids will eat their fruits and vegetables because there's a sticker of someone they like on it, so be it. So be it. I'll take it. All right. So at any rate here, the, uh, the news for this week, I feel like I should be shuffling papers. Huh. Yes. Yes. Um <laughs> <laughs> News for this week. That's that's my uh, my area of coverage since uh, I didn't really play much outside of the Division Two, and uh, I wasn't really even, which, wasn't even around this weekend. So, which before I guess before we jump into it, should we do a state of Division Two? How we're both feeling about the game because I've been playing it a lot too. Yeah, quick quick hit, quick hit, I, quick hit. You still digging it? Anything change your mind? Nope. I, pretty much everything I said last week still stands. Still says, all right, great. And that was the state of the division two, everybody. Uh, now on to news. On to the news. <laughs> Hold on. I feel obligated to shuffle my papers every time we talk about news. On to the news. Uh, all right. So uh, Monday, Monday, yesterday, um, Sony kicked off their uh, their first state of play as it were. And uh, the idea of state of play is it's pretty much Sony's version of a Nintendo Direct where they just kind of um, show, you know, trailer reveals and just give some extra info on things we already know about and then, you know, drop some bombs with stuff that uh, we haven't necessarily known about up until this point. So I think this is probably going to be a large part of why they're like, eh, we don't want to do E3 anymore. I think this is Mm -hmm. probably going to become the uh the trend here where they kind of control the the flow of what they're sharing and when they're sharing it and they don't have to necessarily wait to drop everything in that one i mean basically random week uh in june anymore they can just kind of do it when they want to do it when they have you know good stuff to show so did you actually watch the presentation or did you just I didn't watch? even know that it was a thing until I saw okay. all these announcements that I was texting you throughout the day and I was like why <laughs> is there so much interesting stuff coming yeah. out on this particular day so I dug a little bit deeper and I found out that that was their uh, state of play 
presentation going okay. on. Okay, so in so. the future, maybe work on the the marketing part of that first and foremost. Yeah, uh, I didn't hear about it, and I'm on Reddit half the day. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I yeah, I, I'm curious how it it um, matched up to like a like a Nintendo director. See, any I, of the I other rarely people. watch Nintendo directs because it's usually they they usually come on during the school day, so that makes mm-hmm. it. No, you know, a no go for me. Uh, so Japan, uh, so Japan, very true, very true. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but so they, um, they, they dropped some some pretty good, uh, pretty good bombs on us with this here. Um, just kind of go. I, this is the order that everything was in, as far as I saw, like <laughs> in all summaries of this event. Um, so these are not in any particular order. These are basically just. Uh, the order that they came up in. And I'm also I'm only really looking at, we'll see one, two, three, four, five of the things that they talked about, just because these were the five that were most interesting to me. And generally, uh, I don't want to talk about things that I'm not interested in. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so fair at any rate, uh, the first thing that, uh, they kicked this off with, is uh, a VR game. There's actually a lot of VR titles that were dropped in this. I only am covering two of them, but there were more uh, than just these two. So the first one, it's a uh, it's a Marvel property, and that <clears throat> Marvel property is Iron Man. <sighs> Iron Man VR. I was really hoping for a Howard the Duck VR game. Uh, you know, Howard the Duck. He, I mean, he's be something else that Howard. <laughs> well, there's it goes another bet I lost. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, Howard the Duck with a uh, Leah Thompson. Uh, <laughs> I would take a Leah Thompson VR game any day. <laughs> um, she's aged really well. Have you ever seen pictures of her at like the Back yeah. to the Future conventions and stuff? Like it's it's uncanny. Yeah, she has not aged at all. And I remember when they did the. Was it the 25th anniversary? Has it been 25 years? It's probably been more than that. 85, probably 30. Yeah, so I think when they did the Blu-ray releases on the 25th anniversary, they Mm -hmm. did like a, got the whole cast back together and took a picture with everybody while they were still around. Christopher Lloyd looks terrible. And Michael J. Fox, you know, can't help it. But (laughs) yeah, Leah Thompson looked A-OK, as we say, in the business. In the biz. (laughs) <laughs> uh what biz is that andrew uh you know personal business <laughs> so back to the topic at hand here after a little little in that detour um, iron man vr um so you can see from the the gameplay well I, I shouldn't say gameplay footage because clearly at the bottom of this it says not actual gameplay so from the <laughs> announcement trailer that we see here um it's it doesn't really it doesn't first of all it doesn't show us anything concrete or real. This is I guess all just kind of setting the tone and the idea of what you'll be doing in this game. Yeah, so is it like concept or is it Well, okay, so I, I actually I looked into this a little bit more to see what the deal was because I've never heard of the this developer camouflage without it. Yeah, I was trying to find other stuff that they had worked on and I didn't doesn't look like they've done a whole up. lot of any or a whole lot of anything lot of or at least nothing notable. Okay. Um, but apparently they've been working on this game for two years. Uh, all right. So f- straight off the bat there, that kind of 
eliminates or uh, changes my, my initial question, which would be, is this going to be a full Iron Man game or is this going to be a free sort of deal like um, the let's call it Homecoming an experience was experience. Yeah, let's right. call it an experience. So is it going to be? Well, that's the thing. If they've been working on it for two years, I find it hard to believe that it would be just an experience because that's a lot of right. dev time. Yeah, so, no, I, I don't disagree with that. But also you've been working on it for two years and you're showing us not actual gameplay. So that that right there kind of gives me pause, um, mainly just because of the treatment that Spider-Man got whenever Homecoming came out. They just had a little experience mm-hmm. and it was like you did some what it basically amounted to like a shooting gallery where you could shoot some web around and yeah, bottles and stuff. Did you play it? The Homecoming experience? Yeah. No. Okay. No. Don't, don't even you're not missing on anything. I haven't done any of the superhero ones. I didn't do Batman VR because I heard that was also just like a Bruce Wayne Batman simulator. And I didn't. Yeah, there's a little bit of substance to it. It's not bad. Okay. But, but the Spider-Man one for sure, like it was obviously just something free. Um, basically, once you get to the once you go through like the little shooting gallery, like calibrating your, your web slingers, um, they have you web up to like the top of a crane. And then I think you see like the vulture just like go like flying by. And then it's like, oh, better go swing after him. And you're like, yes, this is where it starts. And then it fades to black and you're very angry. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So the okay. essentially what will be the coolest part of it is right where they cut it off. So see that to me sounds like a studio put together a teaser and was like, hey, here's what we want to make based on the homecoming spider-man movie property release it in tandem yeah and here's what the starting level looks like and people were like no nah, we'll just use that and we'll release that for free that's that, don't worry Some about good it. advertisement yeah. yeah pretty much yeah so <clears throat> that's my f- first and primary concern is is it going to be like an actual game or mm-hmm. an experience and it's it wouldn't surprise me one way or another because of how they treated spider-man and the fact that they spent two years on this like i i've to me, that would say like it has to be a little more substantial, um, mm. but it, it looks interesting nonetheless. Um, I kind of get the vibe that it's going to be on rails, and I think from most of the the discussion and opinion that I've read on it, people tend to uh, be more inclined to think that it's going to be like an on rails thing, where you're just kind of like following behind something or flying a certain route, and you can just kind of like look you know all over the place and have your cool Iron Man HUD, right? Shoot some you know, beams and such and uh, call it a day. But I'd be interested if, to see if they, if it is actually on rails or if they make it, um, you know, something a little more like freeform controllable. Cause I feel like yeah. because you're flying, um, it would make it a little bit easier to control than like a game where you would typically like expect a joystick because I guess like when Iron Man flies, like he's always moving forward. So I guess, I mean, in theory, the positioning of your hands with the remotes could direct like the direction that you're going in a little more naturally than how they've you know worked around not having like a joystick for the PSVR. Mm-hmm. So I'll be interested to see how that plays out. Um, but I think the real question here, and may might be a kind of a pipe dream, is does this game pave way for a full Iron Man title in the same vein as Spider Man for PS4? In a sense that they would 
try to create some type of a Marvel game universe akin to the cinematic universe. That would be the dream. <laughs> but I would be happy with a bunch of separated games that were all of the same quality. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm hopeful. I definitely am not holding my breath, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, the trailer itself is... It, it, it looks like a concept. It looks like what somebody would submit to say, here's what we want to make. Mm-hmm. Can we have the property? So, I don't know. You feel like you'd ha- they'd have to entrust it into a studio that has a really good reputation to trust them with a Marvel property of right. this magnitude? Especially after um, how good Spider-Man the game was. Especially after how good Spider-Man yeah, was. You can't go back from that. Like You cannot go with just like a, you know, right. a D-level developer. Yeah. Right, but Spider-Man is also a Sony property, technically. So right. they probably put a lot of eggs in that basket. But this is still a Disney Marvel property proper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iron Man being. Um, I hope it's good. And I hope it's not just kind of like a... I, ho- I hope it's not like the Buzz Lightyear or like Men in Black experience at Universal where you're like sitting in an on the rails cart. Yeah. yeah, just like shooting stuff and be like, oh, I got the high score this time. Yeah. I don't know. It, it looks like it, it, clearly I'm glad that they stated in this trailer that we're watching that it's not actual gameplay because this looks like MCU quality footage. Yeah. Well, it looks I, ridiculous. as we're like, you know, watching this in the background here while we're talking, I have noticed that like all of the like stuff that would be like actual gameplay like where you're flying and like you have like the heads up display and everything it does not say not actual gameplay in those true so it's a Um, mishmash yeah i mean i believe it i believe that they could pump something out like this based on all the games that have been released for psvr uh is this releasing on anything else do we know or is it psvr exclusive um i think it's psvr exclusive but i mean the only thing that really makes me think that it is is just because of like the uh the way that like the package is at the beginning where it shows the guy in the the actual like psvr headset and it shows him like with that like the psvr headset overlay all the time right but the other vr announcement also shows up with that same sort of ad packaging but i know for sure that that is on rift and vive as well so i don't know okay I'm inclined yeah. to think that this is going to be geared more towards Sony. I'd have to look into it, but uh, I don't know, it just looks kind of it looks kind of pared down. Mm-hmm. My worry is it's going to end up being it's going to end up trying to be a mimic of what the MCU has brought us, and rather try to be its own thing, like well, in the, Spider-Man if, was. If you listen to the voice in here of the guy that's doing Tony Stark, yeah, I have hundred percent. A Robert Downey Jr. impression. Trying. Trying so hard. And the Friday and then the image of, I think her name is Ghost. Mm-hmm. Is that what the villain's name is? It looks from like Ghost from Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Oh, that's, it has to be what it is. Which is also weird. Because I that thought, that didn't she end up as like kind of like, a, at least at the very least, like a neutral guy? <laughs> She never by the end. Yeah, the, if I recall correctly from that movie, it was she never she was kind of like one of those villains like a Sandman that wasn't doing it for the money and like the 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 stealing and bank right. heist they but just it was more to, for like they wanted to fix yeah. the the superpower issue that they had. 
Right. And like, he just wants to like save his daughter and yeah. like, she just wants to like not be tearing apart at the seams internally. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I don't want it to be a mimic of the MCU because then I'm going to be comparing it the entire time rather than just embrace it being its own thing and its own MGU, yeah. so to speak, and uh, doing its own thing. I I'm hopeful because this is what everybody always asks for with VR. Where they're like, "Oh, just make me Iron Man," and especially mm-hmm. with Anthem having come out recently, people were like, "I want to play the Iron Man game," but it's not fulfilling those wants and those desires. Yeah. It so, just like play, in playing Spider-Man, just like flinging around New York, I, I more than one occasion found myself being like, wow, this would be really cool to, to fly around like this, you know, as Iron Man in, in the city like this. Mm-hmm. But um, I think VR is probably the best. Uh, Iron Man is probably the best fit out of all of the MCU or just Marvel in general heroes being, mm-hmm. the, you know, it's like you put the headset on. It's like you're putting on your Iron Man helmet. That's it also true. makes me kind of want to get one of those uh, those vinyl covers for my PSVR that look, makes <laughs> it look like an Iron Man helmet. Yeah, so, why not? So there's that. <laughs> I mean, I'm in. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, that's Iron Man VR. Um, next thing on the list here is uh, something we've kind of just touched upon previously um, here and there, and that's um, Crash Team Racing Nitro Kart. Is it Nitro Kart? Mm-hmm. No, Nitro Kart was this like the second Crash Team Racing. Nitro Fueled, something like that. Oh, Nitro something. Yeah, I think they're just calling this one CTR. I don't yeah. think they're actually calling it Crash Team Racing. But at any rate, um, they just did kind of like a longer reveal trailer. Um, the big kind of takeaways from this uh, is the release date. I don't think they had a release date before this. They kind of just had like a time frame, uh, but the release date is definitely set, whether that was today or previously, um, and that's June twenty first. So it'll be a nice yeah. little summer pickup. Hopefully, uh, it won't be too expensive. Um, the trailer shows you can see here um, split screen couch co op, so you can race against your your friends and family. Um, PS four PS four version exclusively has. Um, throwback PS1 skins for Crash, Cortex, and Coco, which they are showing off here a bunch. I was just um, going to say, it's odd that they went with like the polygonal style, but if those are extra skins, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. just for those three. And then, um, so the second game in the Crash Team Racing series, which I have never played, um, Nitro Kart, apparently all of the levels from that are also in this, in addition to the original That's cool. tracks from the first Crash Team Racing. So there should be a good variety of uh tracks here and it also looks like they have the um the different carts from nitro cart so i guess it's, they're probably uh, i mean i would assume and it would be almost dumb for them not to try and tap into the uh mario kart 8 vibe where you just have like a ton of different tracks and you can kind of pick what uh chassis you want to use for your go-kart whether it's like the classic you know cart or the different like stylized ones which are more like different types of vehicles um <clears throat> This also, I found out, um, it's not it's not a PS4 timed exclusive like um, the Insane Trilogy was. Okay. Um, it's going to release on Xbox One, PS4, and Switch all at the same time, which really makes me consider I might just get this on Switch because this just feels like the perfect game to have for the Switch. Just yeah, like especially Mario if you can Kart's just fun and 
rip off your joy cons and play with somebody yep. sitting mm-hmm. next to you at a table. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, uh, so June 21st, this is, this is probably going to be one of my grabs for, um, when we go on our, our vacation this year, mm-hmm. just be something fun to play with everybody. And I know Hannah will probably end up bringing her switch as well. So we'll have, you know, four joy cons. We can get four people playing. So I think that'll be pretty, <laughs> everybody looking at the little switch. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring a dock and hook it up to the TV. Yeah. You won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, so that's uh, Crash Team Racing remake. I think it's Nitro Circuit. I I should know this, but I just I don't care enough about it to, to know exactly <laughs> what the title is because I've been calling it just CTR for forever. Yeah, th- that works. Yeah. Uh, so that's number two. I'm gonna save my favorite one for last year. I'm not gonna go in in the order that I have it on the on the show notes. <laughs> switching okay. it up, switching it up. Um, all right. So next up on the list, um, is the story trailer for days gone. So days gone, if you're unfamiliar is, uh, your, your zombie post-apocalyptic game, uh, Sony exclusive for sure on this one. Um, stars, Sam, I think Sam Whitweather, same guy that was a uh, star killer in, uh, in the force unleashed is the, yeah. uh, the main character in this game. generic white guy generic white guy with dark hair yes yes um but you're uh, like a biker and a big part of it is you know you have a bike that's upgradable and you're kind of like riding around through the post-apocalypse um the, another big draw as far as like the zombies go is you know they appear in large large numbers big hordes and everything like that <clears throat> And uh, I'll be honest with you, I haven't really been keeping up to date with this game a ton. Um, I saw they haven't the f- been showing first, a lot on. Yeah, I saw the first couple of trailers they showed where, or the like, the gameplay reveals where they, he was like in that train yard, and there was just like tons and tons of zombies, just like a big giant massive crowd, kind of going at him. And that was like probably the last thing I actually saw about it. So when I watched this, I was super super impressed with the. Uh, like the mocap and like the facial mocap on this because like you can clearly tell that this is that actor and then oh, just yeah. a lot of like the very like subtle expressions that they're making because this is like again this is the story trailer so they're showing you know a lot of like the heavy hitting uh moments of course out of context so you don't know exactly what's going on um but you can really read some of like the emotion in their faces and it looks really really good um even just like the environments as well look really detailed lots of stuff going on um the zombies look really cool and him shooting the gun off of the back of the motorcycle this is like daryl dixon fantasy land basically <laughs> and uh i'm about that i'm about that i think this is a gonna be a good grab here i'm really surprised at how soon this is coming out the end of next month april 26th yeah man they bumped it back, I think, from uh, like a February release, which I think was probably a good call because that end of February, beginning of March time period is you know getting pretty crowded nowadays. So this is also going to be a, a nice title to kind of carry us into uh, into the summer, I think. But it looks really good. I'm excited for it. I probably I don't know if I'll necessarily pick it up day one, uh, but I definitely am going to snag this. I really want to put this on on the pro on 4k because it looks like it's going to be one of those games that's really you know going to mm-hmm. show 
the uh, the real advantage or the the niceness of 4K HDR in the uh, PS4 Pro. Yeah, for sure. Any thoughts on this one? Uh, I'm interested in it. Um, very interested in it. I, I'm like you. I probably won't pick it up day one. It really depends on what else is going on around that same yeah. time. What's going to be grabbing my attention and fighting for it. Uh, motorcycle gang stuff doesn't always appeal to me. Like Sons of Anarchy um, didn't really do it for me. So as long as it doesn't stick to that and it's less that more. Um, what was the expansion that they did for GTA 4? The Lost, the, the Lost, Lost and, and the Damned. Yeah. That was cool. And mm-hmm. I enjoyed that type of story. Um, I don't know. It, it, zombies. But I hope it's okay. Yeah. I'm kind of overdone with a lot of the things that are in this game. It depends on how the open world plays. It depends on how much there is to do. Is there too much to do? Is it going to be respecting the time that I'm putting into it type thing. So I, that's I'm hopeful a, for it. A, an issue with me when it comes to open world games. I don't, I don't like the, the analysis paralysis that comes in with these games where they're just like, you're, you have a map and the map has a million little blips on it. And you're like, well, which one do I do first? Yeah. And I don't like the idea of going into a game where it's like, yeah, you can play through the main story, but you could also play through these 50 other side quests and you could get the you could get the 88 hour experience rather than the 20 hour experience. And if you do the 88 hour experience, you get all this cool stuff, but uh, you won't be able to use that in the main story unless you don't do it kind of incentivizing you to for that long haul play. And yeah. I, I don't know, man, my taste is changing. I'm, I'm much more into it's very rare that the long haul titles like looter shooters and stuff really sink their claws into me. Yeah. Um, I mean, division two is an exception to that rule, obviously, because we can't get enough of it, but stuff like this, if it plays short enough and it's not too long again, like a, like an assassin's creed odyssey, something that I just couldn't get into. Cause there was just way, way too much to do. Yeah. And I wanted to, but there were so many other things I want to get to. I'm going to reprioritize what I need to play and what I want to play. Um, and I hope this I hope this works out. And I think it's a, it's being released at a good time. I can't think of anything else that's going to compete with it. Yeah. So we'll see. It looks great. It looks fantastic. Yeah. Sony's uh, exclusives are just oh, their their exclusives have been on point graphically and gameplay wise. So like I, I have every every bit of confidence that this one will turn out to be a fun playthrough. Um, yeah. It looks like it's going to be really story heavy too. And I hope yes. that I hope that lands. Yeah, for sure. To uh, to kind of put it in terms that uh they've been talking about on the dlc podcast i think uh, there's no way other way to put it than how they described it is that um this is in in general terms games not this game specifically um is there's so many games out there that are basically asking for your hand in marriage more or less and they Mm -hmm. want to be your main game I think this is the perfect side piece game, whereas something <laughs> like The Division is the one of the games that you would like marry. Right. Um, but definitely looking forward to this. It's nice to see these strong single player experiences still, you know, relevant and, and being worked on with with great care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what? I can't think of a single Xbox exclusive. Microsoft exclusive that has come out with this level of attention since a Halo experience. Next gen is going to be very interesting because I think they've kind of laid the groundwork for them to have uh, some good, good quality exclusives. 
mm-hmm. with all the studios that they bought up. So time will tell. I agree. And from what it sounds like with uh, Game Pass and everything, um, if they're trying to make things day and date with PC, I will probably get a Game Pass depending on what they end up putting out and what that, uh, you know, the availability of that stuff is in tandem with Game Pass. Yeah. Here's what's going to happen. Bold prediction from the Games in That podcast. Oh, no. At E3, mm-hmm. they're going to announce their Games Pass. Mm-hmm. And the only reason we haven't heard anything from Sony about streaming and what they're going to do about it is because they already have PlayStation now, and I think they're sitting on something. Um, I think Phil Spencer is going to come out, and one of the first things he's going to say, or the very last mic drop moment he's going to say is, you can go sign up for Game Pass now. These 100 plus games are available right now for you to go stream. You know, however they decide to their what their paywall is going to be, their mm-hmm. tiers of, you know, payment to to play or whatever. He's going to say you can go play it now. You can sign up, and then they're going to show a release schedule of all the games that are going to launch day and date for Game Pass to get you hyped for it throughout the whole E3. Mm-hmm. And then that last mic drop is going to be you can go sign up now and play right now. Do you think that? the uh, the rumored availability of Game Pass and Xbox streaming on the Switch is going to come to fruition this year? <sighs> this year, yes. This summer, no. I think it'll launch as it is this summer at E3 during that press conference. And then later on in the year, they'll announce it or like Nintendo will have Phil Spencer show up in a in their treehouse and do like a By the way, Games Pass is now available on Switch too. I'll tell you for sure if it, if it makes it to Switch, it's a instant for me. Oh, it's a no-brainer. No-brainer instant. You won't see Nintendo games on Game Pass. Hell no. 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 But you better believe you're paying $60 for a, a Wii U title if you want to play it. <laughs> but right. Uh, I would not doubt that this shows up on Switch this year. It might not be this summer, might be fall, winter, but it'll it'll be there. Do you, what do you think their PC offering is going to look like for their, for their Game Pass? <sighs> do you think it's going to be this like on par with Xbox One, or do you think it's yeah. going to be pared down? I think it's going to be <sighs> at least initially. I think eventually it will be you know, one-to-one between the two of them. But I think initially I, I feel like it'll be pared down. It'd probably be pared down first. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the titles that are already out on game pass have the same type of, uh, like development cycle that they're kind of going for with uh, master chief collection. Mm-hmm. Where they just kind of need to tweak the controls for PC and get all those PC like options and stuff set up. But I think eventually it'll get there and it'll probably get to the point where with these exclusives that are going to end up on Game Pass, they're going to tell their developers like, hey, you're going to design this with Xbox One or whatever the next iteration is as Mm -hmm. like your primary, you know, endpoint. But at the same time, it's also going to be on PC for Game Pass. So design with that in mind as well. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Uh, second to last item I'm going to talk about here from uh, Sony State of Play is a game that I really did not have on my radar until 
you sent me this trailer, which came out <laughs> with uh, State of Play. And that is uh, the Mortal Kombat 11 old school versus new school trailer. So this is their story mode trailer. And uh, I guess the best way to summarize it is the trailer features the uh, the old school counterparts of all of the uh, the fighters with their like newest new school iterations of themselves kind of fighting each other. Right. I have no idea what's going on <laughs> in this trailer <laughs> as Nobody far as does. story goes. All I know is I saw Johnny Cage, I saw Scorpion, you know, all the the heavy hitters, no pun intended, that you would expect to see from a Mortal Kombat game fighting themselves and the they look awesome. There's no other way to get around saying that. They just look straight up awesome. The uh facial animations are insane. Like it it looks like borderline like a movie. And but what I think is most impressive is not only do like the cinematic sequences in this look awesome, the fighting looks exactly the same as the cutscene stuff does. Yeah. Like super cinematic, super just slick and like very obviously and you've got like the rawness of a Mortal Kombat game where they're doing the close ups and showing you the bones breaking and all the internal injuries that you're causing when you know do a big hit and stuff like that. But it's like the depth of field and like the the uh, fighting arenas and stuff like it, it doesn't feel like you're just on this like 2D like shelf with two people fighting each other. Like it feels like you're fighting in an environment. And I'll be honest with you, I'm actually pretty excited about this now. And I <laughs> do not like fighting games whatsoever. But this looks like it could be really cool, especially if it has an interesting story to uh, kind of pull you through the various fights and whatnot. So you didn't play Injustice 2, right? I did not play Injustice 2. I I played Injustice because it was a free game on PS Plus and same thing with uh, Mortal Kombat 10. And then we just kind of... You should play... If you can get it on a sale, you should play through just the story of Injustice 2 because it is, in my opinion, the best DC game and story we've ever gotten. Mm. Batman, Superman, Flash, Green Lantern, all those guys. Mm. Blue Beetle, you know, Firestorm. Incredible. Uh, and I hated fighting games. I am not a fighting game guy. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't hate them. They're just not for me. That's not where I want to spend my time. Right. That's um, same boat. I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Um, and then I played Injustice Two because it looked exactly like this. The graphics were incredible. It's got like that. How Alex Ross can make comics look like real life with mm-hmm. his art. It looks like a like somebody took a Polaroid in the 1960s. And like grabbed a still of Batman standing on like the top of a building next to a, next to a gargoyle or something. It looks like a dude in a suit, and that's what this looks like. This looks like real people. And I mean, you're not wrong about the facial animations and everything. And that's how Injustice Two felt. Injustice Two felt like I was watching a movie in between the fighting, which the fighting was fun and fast paced and easy to pick up and easy to learn. Um, tough to master, mm-hmm. but you could easily get through on a low difficulty and have a blast with it. Yeah. And they had all these like extra costume bits and stuff that you could pick up and you could put on your characters and play online and play through these like towers. And the replayability was through the roof. And this is Mortal Kombat. It, like 
the fighting game that started the gruesome style of home console fighting. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion. And what really surprised me about this trailer is two things. The homages to the original movies that they put in there. Yes. Of like Johnny Cage doing the split hit to Kano mm -hmm. in the in the gonads. <laughs> and then all how much the characters like the old school characters look like their movie counterparts yeah. and talk like and act like and the humor. This is a funny trailer. Yes. Very it's much like so. it's going to like, isn't it like a rap song or it's like some like fast paced, like there's rap, like two like, different rap songs. And I was just like, yes. Yeah. I and like it's like this. DMX like almost yep. like it's kind of funny. And then it has a great vibe. Yeah, and like the dialogue is funny, like Kano, like Liu Kang's making jokes, and mm -hmm. you know, like there's all this. It's it's funny and it's weird and it's it's just a totally its own thing. And I I, I want to get my hands on it. Yeah. It just it's got the right amount know. of over it, the top with the right amount of like realism, real uh, yeah realism. I don't know, man. This is just 2019 has just been this year where. Resident Evil, Devil May Cry, this, like games that were so popular back in the day that have kind of fallen by the wayside for a while, mm -hmm. have totally turned and come back in true form to what they once were. Yeah. And this seems like what this is going to be and then some. Agreed. Agreed. This is blowing me away. I, I can't wait to get my hands on this. Yeah, I definitely want to check it out. It looks it looks like it'll be super fun. Yeah. Any other thoughts? No, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. I had no interest in it. And then the last couple of things they showed, I was impressed because I enjoyed Injustice 2 so much. And then they've released this old school, new school story trailer. And I'm just I'm, I'm all in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm ready. Bring it. Agreed. All right. Last thing I'm going to talk about here from uh, State of Play. And by far, by far the one that I have been most anticipating hearing fingers have been crossed for three years now for this. It's finally come to fruition. Pretty sure I talked about it at least once in a previous episode. It's happening. It's here. No man's sky is getting the VR treatment. And not just an experience, not just an experience. It is the full game in VR. Um, so that includes all of the base game, all of the updates that have come out in the last three years, all of the updates that will be coming out with the beyond update, which the beyond update, I don't think we really mentioned it uh, too much. Um, it's a three pronged update and they've only talked about two of them. VR being one. The other is that they're adding some sort of like an MMO type aspect to it where, you know, you're going to be incentivized to find out or seek out other players, work together with them, uncover secrets, do tasks, do things with them. Um, and uh, as opposed to before where you could only see uh, in the last multiplayer update, the next update, um, it was just whoever you were in like an actual party with, you could see them, and, but you could still see other players that they just kind of showed up as like a little like glimmer type of deal. Um, but the, this beyond update is going to make it so anytime that you're in the same space with anybody, regardless of whether they're in your like session party or not, 
you'll be able to see them. You'll be able to build things together and explore together, fly your ships together, all this sort of stuff. And now we know that you can also do this in VR. So with other people, with other you and people. I could play this together in VR. Yes. Um, and the other nice thing that they're doing about this is it's not like some games where your VR version is kind of segregated onto its own area of the servers. You can play this flat screened with your friends or you could play it VR with your friends. So you and I could both play in VR or if, you know, somebody has a headache one night and they just want to play it on the TV, you can just sit back on the couch and play it normal on the TV while I play on VR. That's so cool. Yeah, which is huge. It's huge because you're not fragmenting your player base. Um, the amount of work that they're just putting into this game is unbelievable. Uh, I think that they they really took all of the deserved flack that they got from the initial release and they've kind of just like channeled that in, in the best way possible. I mean, they've released so much stuff for this game to improve it and they really they didn't have for to. Free. They didn't have to, yeah, all for free. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's more work in this than, or as probably as much as you would expect out of like a full priced, um, like DLC component for for your average game. And I would say it's probably at least two or three, like big DLCs worth of stuff. Should it have? Should it have had a lot of this stuff at at launch? Probably. Um, but the fact remains is they've stuck with it for three years. Um, all these big updates they've been doing have been awesome. I know I jumped back into this, um, with the next update and I played for an additional, uh, 30 hours, I think it was. So a game that I hadn't touched in two years for me to go back and put 30 hours into it is about as much time as I would put into a brand new game. Like that's how different and how much interest I had in this, this, all these updates that they had put out. So, with VR, I'm anticipating putting at least another 30 hours into this, um, especially with like the multiplayer aspects of it. Um, I'm so excited to fly my freaking ship around in VR, especially. So if you look at the very beginning of this, like when it starts off in the cockpit, mm-hmm. um, if you look at the positioning of the hands, they snap onto a joystick and onto a throttle. The joystick and the throttle are not normally in the cockpits of the uh, of the ships, so it's something entirely new for VR. So, whether that just means that you're going to tilt your right hand forward and use it like a joystick, or you're going to push the left one horizontal and use it like a throttle, or what people are, have you know uh, speculated because of how it's positioned, it's in the exact same position as. Uh, the HOTUS flight stick, which is hand-on throttle and stick. That's what HOTUS stands for. Um, they're in the exact same position. So people are like, well, maybe they will let you use your flight stick for flying the ship. And I can tell you, if that's true, might be blind a flight stick. Because that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't be paying for the expansion or the VR headset, so no, why not I've invest had this, in it? And, I mean, I've been sitting on this game. I mean, I played it for probably 20, 30 hours when it first came out, which is probably more than the average person played. Like, I really just liked how chill it was, and the exploration stuff was pretty fun. The space combat wasn't that good then, but when I came back to it, the space combat's way different, feels a lot better, and I spent so much time just, like, flying around, doing, like, the bounties and stuff. I just this feels like the perfect VR game because 
it has a little bit of combat and the combat's not, you know, intense to the point where, you know, it's uncomfortable to be playing it has all those exploration aspects. I think just like the vistas and stuff that you typically see in this game, um, kind of lend themselves to VR, um, all the building stuff and the social aspect. It just, it seems like a good fit for VR because of how much stuff there is and just how, um, you know, connected you can feel to it being that it's in VR. So I'm really, really looking forward to this. This is probably the biggest announcement for me uh, out of everything they talked about at uh, at State of Play because I've wanted to love this game since it came out. Didn't hate it when it came out, but it was for sure disappointing. And it just it's more and more updates to it that are free. And they said that this is at least as big as the next update, which was freaking massive. So interested to see what the uh, the third third prong of this uh beyond updates going to be because so far these first two are huge so i can only imagine what the uh the third would be if it was cities cities would be awesome yeah but we'll see yeah, this is bonkers man i i mean there's no reason to not try this no if you already have a vr and you don't have this game like you can literally buy this game for ten dollars or less pretty much yeah anywhere and it'd be right so back. easy to just get lost in this you could live a whole second life in this whole game <laughs> if you for really want to do now for sure that's yeah that's nuts man and i i didn't see it coming at all so that's no i, I don't disagree those, with you it, it, people were always like it's never gonna happen like it, they're never gonna it's like poorly optimized as it is so they whatever magic they've had to work to make this run um i think even if you if like xbox players because i mean they're not going to get the vr experience on this I, I would hope that some of the optimizations that come with making it run properly in vr i hope that'll trickle down to people that don't have vr because i mean they're missing out on like a third of this update here um but it's coming out for ps psvr oculus and uh and vive so all the headsets which is awesome cool yeah very very cool so andrew well, Brandon, I was doing some some research on on the noose. You were uh, you're dying more than twice, eh? I don't know how to even start this segment <laughs> because I am exhausted from playing this game. Just looking at the notes I've taken, if <sighs> we have. A, thing of show notes that we keep i just took two pages of angry notes <laughs> for what it's worth i looked at your notes last night whenever i was trying to decide what i was going to talk about today yeah and i can see that you had a lot more <laughs> just from last night uh i did i added more because i've changed my tone a, a little bit mm -hmm. so we're, I'm, I'm talking about sekiro shadows die toys and I have some gameplay capture that we'll be showing here on the left side of the screen. This is gameplay capture that I captured about two hours before we recorded the podcast today. Mm -hmm. And it took me every fiber in my being to fire this game up and capture some gameplay because I was so off put by my first experience playing it. So right off the bat, I love From Software. I love From Software games. I have played through all the Dark Souls. 
I've never played Demon Souls, so come at me with that if you want to. I, I don't care. I played all the Dark Souls. I played Bloodborne. I finished all of them. Um, I f- my very first From Software game was Dark Souls 2. I have an extremely fond memory of the first time I ever fired that game up and played it. It was fulfilling. It was challenging. It was an experience I hadn't had up until that point in my 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 gaming repertoire. And since then, I've been hooked. And I love these games. I love the isolation. I love the fear of the unknown. I love uh, the, the game of chess that you have to play every time you see the most basic enemy versus the most badass boss. Mm-hmm. That stuff is so intriguing to me. So I was thrilled when I heard that they were pivoting from all the games that they've been making and they were making this new shinobi style ninja game that was fast paced stealthy um you know uh bloody gory ninja you know robot prosthetic arm because it got caught off by a sword game out all about it my very first experience with this was firing it up and just having the worst technical issues on pc um i could i could not get this game to stop screen tearing every time i moved it looked like somebody had actually taken a shinobi blade and cut my screen in half um it was very frustrating i couldn't move without massive frame dips so i was looking at drivers i was looking at forums i wasn't the only one experiencing experiencing this there were black frames. Uh, I, you know, I was black screening at times. I couldn't figure out what was going on. Um, I tried to play an ultra wide. It didn't work. I tried to play in regular 1440, 1080. Didn't work. The only solution I could find that they are recommending, they being from software, until they patch it at such time, is to play the game in windowed mode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so right off the bat, yuck. I yeah. was super turned off because I then had to spend 30 minutes figuring out how do I change the color of my windows in windows 10 and they took that feature out and instead I can just change the accent colors of stuff and not necessarily the top of the bars and then I figured out how to do it after half an hour of pounding my head off the desk <laughs> um, so if you want to know how to change the color of your windows just ask me um, <laughs> <laughs> tell them Andrew sent you um Okay, so once I got this game running, it starts you off like it does every other From Software game. You kind of wake up where you are, and you're just go. Mm-hmm. You have no direction. You have no purpose. Okay. This one's got some cutscenes that that start the game off, but yeah, it thrusts you right into the pilot seat. It's like, all right, you're gonna fly your first commercial aircraft right now today, <laughs> and you have, you have 38 people on board. Don't crash. Yeah, just don't crash. But we, yeah, we know you don't know how to land yet, but it's okay. We'll teach you while you're in the air. Um, <laughs> That's a movie plot. Yeah. <laughs> so once I got the game running, it's gorgeous. I, I mean, this is the best looking from software game. Specifically, um, just where I am right now, it's these sweeping, and you can see in the gameplay, it's these sweeping mountaintops, and there's like these all this like feudal Japan accents that are stuck into the sides of the mountain. So there's these little villages and these like torn down, broken old Japanese type temples and structures and stuff. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. The weather, especially because it's constantly snowing on the screen, just not enough 
to, for it to be a white sheet, but just enough to get the idea that it's snowing. Yeah. And on top of that, like the water, the lighting, the particle effects from the weapons and all the how when you like block with your sword, you get all the 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 red and orange and yellow particle effects of coming off the blades, mm-hmm. steel on steel. It's gorgeous. And at that point, that was all I could really say about it positively. Um, Yikes. There's something about from software games control wise that when you're moving around, it, 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 it just doesn't feel natural. It's, it, it feels good. It runs smooth. It's a, it's a well running game once you get it running properly. But I don't know. There's just something about the, sometimes they just don't walk where I want them to walk or they don't dodge where I want them to dodge or I, I run into something and I didn't mean to. And I mean, there's, they don't give you training wheels in any of these games. This one, especially they just push you on the bike and you're going to fall over and over again. Mm -hmm. And typically I'm okay with that because from software has a history of allowing you to have this gameplay loop that I refer to as trial and error gameplay, which is you just keep trying things over and over again until you get it right. And then when you get it right, you feel like you succeeded. Something will eventually stick. Yeah, and you kind of look back on it and you're like, you know what? It, it was me the whole time. Um, it wasn't the game. I was cursing all of these things and saying all this stuff sucks and this is horrible. And then I finally got it and it was because I got what they wanted me to get only after I had died 10, 15 times. Which is fine. I'm okay with that. And I feel like I got into that from software loop and I knew what to expect. So it didn't happen as much. But when I started playing these games, that was the loop. I would die 15, 20 times, rage quit, come back to it, and then I would beat <laughs> it first try. So <laughs> it's it's a very, very from software software game. And by that, I mean, it felt like I was starting all over again because this plays so differently. It feels so different. It's you're basically constantly sprinting. You can jump, you can wall climb, you can grapple, you can fly through the air. There's stealth. You can hide, you can wall hug, you can uh, hang off ledges. I mean, before in like Dark Souls and Bloodborne games, the path that you could walk was the path you could walk. Now, Mm -hmm. if you see a plateau off in the distance, there's a way to get there. But you got to figure it out. You might have to do some hop, skip, jumping and throwing yourself or getting thrown or mm-hmm. swinging or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you find like a secret path that then takes you to like a whole cinematic thing. Um, it feels really different. So right away, you can't go into this with the same mentality. And that's where I think I screwed up mm-hmm. is that I went into this playing it like a Dark Souls game, playing it like a Bloodborne game. And yeah, if you if you didn't know that this was a from software game, the only thing that really kind of gives it away is like the uh, like the UI and the HUD elements are like very very, you know, from softwarey. Like the fonts that they use, the way that they, mm-hmm. you know, you show can tell things it's on the, the screen. Same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way you lock on to enemies, right. but like as far as like you're saying here, like movement and stuff is completely different. Like. The uh, the character models look different. Like I feel like Bloodborne and even like Dark Souls three. They they had I don't want to say like they weren't uh, they were low quality, but they had sort of like that uh, I don't know, kind of like an old school vibe to them. Like they didn't look super super polished. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This this looks 
a great deal better than uh, Bloodborne and and uh, Dark Souls Three, just the two most recent uh, From Software games. Oh yeah, and the character design is on point. The enemy design is on point. Here you can see I'm fighting a black rooster, mm-hmm. like a giant rooster chicken. That it it doesn't look evil. It doesn't look decrepit. It it's just a giant rooster. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's there, but it's there and it's annoying. So had to stab it. <laughs> stabby stabby. Um, before I get into what makes this game so different, I'll tell you, I'll just start talking about what the game actually is. So um, you play as Sekiro, who is a shinobi warrior. Um, your lord slash master is stolen by some other guy who thinks he's worthy of a throne that he is not deserving of. You fight him in the very beginning of the game in like a cinematic sequence. The gameplay you're seeing is a little bit later on after all that. Uh, where it teaches you the mechanics of the game, how to jump, wall runs, you know, all that jazz. Um, Sekiro, in the in the boss fight, you die. It's impossible to win because you don't know any of the mechanics of the fighting and stuff just yet. But you die, you lose your left arm. Where's your right arm? I think it's your left arm. Your left arm. And you are just left for dead. This guy named the Sculptor picks you up, and he gives you... Um, the sculptor's arm, the the shinobi prosthetic, which is a which is a bone carved arm that has all of these mechanical cue gadget type things in them um, that basically become your your Batman utility belt. It's got all your stuff in it. It's got like hatchets that you can get for it. It's got um, shurikens that you can throw out of it. It's got a flamethrower that you can attach to it. It seems like there's going to be much more stuff, but you have to actually physically go out into the world, find the upgrades, take them back to the sculptor, and then he can put them back in your arm and you can incorporate them in your combat, in your movement, in your stealth, however you want to play it. Pretty cool gameplay loop. It's very oddly similar to how um, Nero in Devil May Cry 5 was playing, where he had his straight up combat that was true to DMC. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he had this like arm thing that he could do with all these different moves and stuff to it. So it kind of felt familiar in a way. Yeah. Oddly enough. Um, so much like the other dark souls games, you're attacking and blocking with the bumpers. You can uh, grapple with your prosthetic arm, uh, which allows you to traverse uh, vertically in the level, as well as sometimes horizontally to swing across gaps and stuff. It's cool because a lot of enemies won't typically see you when you're higher up. Um, you can pretty much get the the jump on them. There, it, there are mechanics to stealth kill people. So the, the whole idea with combat here, just quickly, is the whole game is built on poise and stance. And every enemy has a bar that you build up until that bar reaches its full capacity, at which point you have broken somebody's stance and poise. And then it's just a one hit kill. Like, so it's, it's like actual real sword play. You can block all the sword swipes all day, but if you get too tired and you can't block them anymore, one sword swipe is going to kill you to the bare body. Interesting. Now that's not to say that you can't kill bosses or kill, uh, enemies just by slicing them um, and not hitting their blade. But if you can do it in the way that the game implores you to, which is um, perfectly blocking and parrying attacks so that you get to a point where you can either do a perfect parry and you can counterattack and kill someone in one hit, 
Mm -hmm. um, or you just continue to block attacks to the point where you've finally broken out that person's poison stance and you can actually just get a one hit kill. Or sometimes you just you just slash them enough, but you don't break their poise to the point where they just eventually die. But the game is incentivizing you to play that game of chess of when do I attack and when do I block? Mm -hmm. I had a very hard time getting into this concept because right away I thought the game was teaching me to be passive, passive, a pacifist and play in a way that I needed to wait until I was attacked in order to then attack, you know, like the way of the warrior, the way of the ninja type thing where yeah. I'm not going to run out and just start stabbing and, and swinging at everybody. But the second I'm attacked, you're done for. Right. So that's what I thought the game was doing because that's how it teaches you to play right away or that's how I, I read it. And that's not the case at all. Um, the first day I played this game, I was playing that way and I was getting absolutely annihilated because you can mow through every low level enemy that way. And with some level of stealth mechanics built in there and the way that you traverse the environment, which gives you multiple paths to get to the same spots that are critical in the story and the game. Mm -hmm. The second you get to a boss where you can't just one hit kill the boss, maybe you have to two hit kill the boss. And that would be two of those like death blows. You'll see I get into a boss fight here in a little bit. And by boss, I put that in quotes because it's not necessarily like a boss boss. It's just a very high level enemy that mm -hmm. just treated like a boss fight. Because I think according to the subreddit or according to the game itself there's only two bosses in this game is it the type of deal where like it it feels like a boss at first and then you'll get to a point in the game where this like boss character is just like a, a normal enemy in terms of i don't know <laughs> interesting but i can tell you right now there were some fights where i had to fight off like um like general of like the 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 low level army guys that i'm fighting mm -hmm the low level militia guys and they were two hit guys this guy up here in particular not these two guys but there's a an ogre who's chained to like the top of at the top of the staircase mm -hmm. and when he comes out it like turns into what feels like a boss fight because it shows his health bar at the top it does all these things how he has a name and certainly attacks you differently from everybody else but mm -hmm. that was at the point where i was like okay how am i supposed to block this guy how am i supposed to parry this guy because there's moves that enemies can do in the game that are indicated by red japanese symbols to denote that this is a non-blockable move that's happening it's a grab it's a dive it's like a it's like a super punch or a super swing something that you can't physically block so you either yeah. have to dodge it you have to jump over it. You have to run away from it. <clears throat> like you can see that grab he tried to do where that red Japanese symbol came up. But <clears throat> I was I was like, okay, I, I don't know how to play this. It's not it's not telling me to play it like a Dark Souls. It's not telling me to wait for my opportunity to strike and dodge and dodge and dodge and dodge until I can attack. It's not asking me to play like Bloodborne where it's like Dark Souls, but it's incentivizing me to attack more so that I regain health. This is clearly teaching me to play on the defensive, and it, I, it, it, I was totally unsuccessful that way. Hmm. Well, I came back to it today. I got stuck on this ogre boss, and I die here a couple times fighting him, so you might not see all the stuff I did afterwards. <laughs> um, 
but I gave it the old college try and I got back into it and you'll see the, the, the story is I was fighting this guy and there's another enemy. Um, he's like the first ogre boss that you come across. There's another enemy that's around the corner from him. That's a spear enemy. I'll call him mm-hmm. the spear enemy will try to stab at you, but it's an unblockable move. I unlocked a skill the last time I played that I forgot about and didn't use, which allows me the ability to, if I perfectly dodge that spear attack, I can one hit kill him and he doesn't become a problem. Hmm. Well, I fought the ogre a couple times. I wasn't getting it. There's a cool mechanic in this game where you can eavesdrop on people's conversations. Mm -hmm. If you're out in the shadows or up in the lofts of whatever, you can listen in on what the enemies are saying, and sometimes they give you pertinent information about what's going on in the world around you. Those two guys in particular that are right out front by the ogre talk about how the ogre scared of fire. So I had to go back into some past sequence from another NPC that gives you an item that you then take back somewhere else that you then like pray at a statue and it transports you three years back in time to an event that is pertinent to what happened to that specific NPC. And I had to get to a point in there to then off the beaten path, find a, a, um, an upgrade to my prosthetic arm that allowed it to have a, like a flamethrower type thing that I then had to come back because I couldn't beat the boss in that world. So I had to come back, equip it, go back to this boss and try it out with the flame arm. And it, it helped buy me some time, but I was still getting annihilated. And that's when I said, F this. And I I put it down. I was like, this is, this is destroying (laughs) me. Yeah. And the worst part about it, like I said, in other from software games, when you die, it's just kind of trial and error. You can go back and retrieve your souls. You can go back and retrieve your blood oath things from Bloodborne, whatever they yeah. were. Blood souls. I don't remember what it was. It was blood just like souls. a little pit of blood. Oh, what the hell was it? Blood I don't remember echoes. what it was called. Blood echoes. Blood echoes. Right. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> Completely logical. Yeah. Of course. In this game, there's none of that. So when you initially die in combat, there's a resurrection mechanic. You can choose to be resurrected right then in this there in the spot. And you get at this point, I get 50% of my health back. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that equates to 25%, 10% later on as my health increases. You can choose to come back and continue the battle exactly where you were right then and there. Or you can just choose to die and say F this and go home. Well, Hence, shadows die twice. Right. Now it comes now around it full sense. circle. Um, I don't know why that is. I probably missed it in a cutscene. These games are very hard to follow because there's some cutscenes, but the game is built in lore. There's much more lore than there is storytelling. Right. Just like um, Dark Souls and, and Bloodborne. Very Dark Soulsy. It's like hidden off in like NPCs that you may or may not find. This is one of those games where you can just go kill NPCs and then they just don't, they're not people anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to that more later. So, <clears throat> oh, I don't remember what I was talking about. Um, the death. So you can, right. So when you permanently die in this game, which they call true death, you, after doing that a couple times and early on in the game, 
the game did this thing where it played the beginning cutscene of the game again after I had died about four times, permanently died, true death. And I thought, what did I do wrong? Did I screw something up? Is the game busted? What's mm-hmm. this is weird? What's happening? They introduced this whole thing called Dragon Rot. Dragon Rot is a disease that gets unleashed into the world and infects the critical NPCs that you interact with, such as the sculptor, such as the woman who um, gives you your Estes flask healing item, which in this one is a gourd. It's like a gourd um, pouch that she mm-hmm. made. <clears throat> um, and it infects them with dragon rot. The worse the disease gets, a.k.a. the more you die in this game, uh, the worse their disease get and they can die. <laughs> and they just won't be available in the game, I guess. That's insane. And that's what it was teaching me in the game. It was like, hey, you keep dying because you suck at this. People, these people that you need to have in the game to progress and upgrade your arm and get bells to go back in the past and have a healing item will die. And I'm like, but wait, that's negative reinforcement. You're not letting me trial and error the game. I'm yeah. dying from trying to learn your mechanics and then you're punishing me on yeah. top of that. So I was like, real quick do interjection I just have to start here. over again? Yeah, go ahead. Is, uh, is the save, I know this is probably frowned upon by many, but is the, uh, is the save save system in this set up so that like, it's not possible to just like scum that. I don't know. Cause that would be I my first day too. It would be like, this is stupid. I'm going to, you know, give myself whatever advantage I can, even if it's, you know, means doing a little bit of saves coming here and there. I don't know if there's a save scum feature. I always use the auto save feature of it saves whenever I get to one of an idol in this game, which is the, which is the same as a bonfire in dark souls. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, so that right away frustrated me. And that's when I texted you and I was like, dude, I, I can't, I can't play this anymore. Yeah. I said, I'm not, I'm not learning anything. I'm not progressing. I'm not getting better at this game. I don't feel more confident. And the game just keeps punishing me to the point where it's just going to start killing people because I can't figure out how to play it. I was like, yeah, this is that's salt. Like, this wound. is awful. Yeah. I was like, this is terrible. And I was like, I, I was like, and I don't get it. And I'm afraid to go in there and play it more in fear that the world's just going to be empty and I'm not going to be able to progress the further I get in the game once uh, I finally figure like it such out. Such a big part of these games is screwing up over and over and over again until you figure out like what you need to do and then mm-hmm. doing it and then you're like, yeah. But in this, it's like, at what cost? How many of these critical NPCs are you going to unintentionally kill because every other game of this style from this developer has taught you that you're going to die a lot and that's okay. And now they're just like, you're going to die a lot. And if you do it, good luck, have fun. Yeah. GLHF for sure. Super frustrating. Um, And that just, and that just really turned me off. And I didn't, well, let me put it this way. At that point, I went out into the ethers. I went out into the internet I, I I was just I went to the subreddit. That was the first thing I did. Yeah, and That's I was I like, there, I can't be I can't be the only one who feels this way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I am not the only one that feels this way. The subreddit is flooded with people who are like, 
how do you play this game? Mm -hmm. It teaches you nothing. It reinforces nothing in a positive manner. I just keep dying. It says other people are going to die. This is not fun. What am I doing wrong? What am I not getting? If I stealth kill somebody, it just alerts everybody. So it negatively reinforces that. If I find a new path for something, you know, there's a risk of me dying over and over again. And then I just keep getting more and more punished. How do I, how do, how does this change? Mm -hmm. And the whole mantra of the subreddit was just, just get good, just get better, which made me even more upset. Because I get it that that's like a stigma with this community that it's like, oh, just get good, noob. Like, just be better. Kill easier. Yeah. That's not a thing. That doesn't teach me anything. I I get that you just need to play and rinse and repeat over and over again until until it clicks. That thing's going to click for you and you're going to go, I get it now. That's how it wants me to play the game. That's how it wants me to use these items. That's how it wants me to. That's how it wants me to find these, traverse the the. It doesn't want me to kill every single person. It wants me to sneak by these people. Like I, I get it, and it, this wasn't that because the more I died, the more it said this is just going to be a worse and worse game for you if you keep this up, Andrew. So I was like, who's going to help me here? What the heck do I have to do to figure this out? Yeah, and then I looked at my steam library and I was like, well, I already put more time into it and I can't return it. And I thought that's not me. That's not the kind of person I am. I slept on it. I got up the next day today and I was just like, I'm just so turned off by it. I'm going to play some division, but I want to talk about this on the show. I was totally ready to write this game off. I was totally ready to come onto this podcast and say, this is not a game for everybody. I still believe in that. I still Mm -hmm. believe that this is for a very niche audience of people that want to brutally challenge themselves. I did not start this game over. I went back exactly as I intended to. I started back at the start of the game instead of the checkpoint that I had by the ogre. I made my way back to where I was. I took my time. I got my, my feet wet again. I thought about it and I fought that ogre and I'm happy to say that after like at least two or three tries with that ogre again, I beat the ogre. Nice. And because of that, I learned something. Because the, the I died so many times, a lot of NPCs, two in particular, the sculptor and some woman that I came across who gave me that bell that allowed me to, to time travel, mm-hmm. both got inflicted with dragon rot. <clears throat> I spoke to the woman randomly who you give the gourd seeds to, to, to upgrade your Estes flask and stuff. She asks you to get a blood sample from somebody infected with dragon rot. That's not the sculptor, bring it back to her and she's going to see if she can find a cure for it. Mm -hmm. So having started over again on my way back to the ogre, I came across the same old woman I found before who was now crumbled over on the floor, coughing blood up. I think I, I distinctly remember seeing this. I got a blood sample from her and it was like, Hey, take this blood sample back to Emma right away and see what she says. And I was like, okay. So I, I traveled back, gave it to her. She's like, thank you. Come back in some time and I'll see if I have something. So I went on, I beat the ogre. I came back because I got something to upgrade myself. I spoke to Emma again and Emma was like, Hey, Here's this thing I have. This is the cure for it. It's called dragon something. 
It's like, if you use this scale, it's like a little white scale that glows. She goes, if you use this scale, it will cure everybody who's infected with dragon rot for the time being. And it's till such time that you continue to die and infect the world with dragon rot again. Then you'll have to use a, find another one and use it again. Hmm. And she was like, it's very rare. Be very careful with it. Only use it when you absolutely need to. And I was like, F this. I'm going to use it right now. I'm going to cure these people. <laughs> so then this whole thing pops up about how to use it. And it's like all these menus. And it's like, here's what you want. Here's what you need to do. Here's how you need to use it to do this at this time. Be done with it. Yeah. <clears throat> I put it in my inventory. I equip it. I used it. Nothing happened. And I went what did that fix anything no everybody's still infected with dragon rod so i went to my little idol to then fast travel back to my checkpoint and say okay i really don't get this game i don't know what's going on <laughs> and it said hey welcome back to the idol uh now that you're here make sure that you use your dragon crystal here and then that will uh uninflict everybody with the who has the disease and i was like but i just used it over there and the game's like here at the idol I was like, but you didn't tell me that. You said just use it. So why am I able to equip it and then and use, use it, it if it doesn't freaking do anything? So uh, then I went back to the idol and it was like, oh, you already used that really rare thing. Oh man, well, sucks to be. When you find another one though, oh, you you come use it here. And I was like, you bet your ass I'm gonna go find another one. Where I'm gonna use it right here because I just wasted one and I have That's no idea so how rare these things are in the game. And that is just like that right there is the epitome of from software design. You can do things in the game that mean nothing that you just lose and, and can affect your progress because you didn't read something correctly or you didn't interpret it the way that mm -hmm. they wanted you to interpret it. Super frustrating. Wow. And now you're going to have that in the back of your mind. And every time you come across something new, you're going to be like, oh, I should use this or should I? Exactly. The well has been poisoned. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, okay, I have to be absolutely sure how to use this thing from now on. <sighs> but I'm, I'm happy to say, long story short, that I really enjoyed my time today with it because I finally beat that freaking ogre. <laughs> I figured out how the game wants me to play. Figured out that it's, it's a really a mix of everything. It's you can go balls to the wall and fight everything face head on if you want to. Or in a situation like the gameplay you're seeing now, you come across an area where there's six or seven bad guys plus a boss. Mm -hmm. So you want to pick off all the guys as quickly and stealthily as possible so that you can then take the boss one on one or one V2 and just make it easier on yourself. And I learned I was like, OK, I'm going to try it this way killed two guys i found that the third guy um alerted more people so i didn't kill him the next time i went around and did it or i ran away and i reset it and came mm -hmm. back and i thought okay i, I want to make sure not to die i want to make sure to reset whenever i can and not permadeath myself because i don't want to infect the world with dragon rot and i started to get it and you know it took me a couple tries maybe more than that probably like six or seven but i finally got through the enemies i found out how to pick them off effectively and then i had to fight that boss and it's frustrating because if you die at that boss you got to take down all the other enemies again so it really challenges you in a way and it's it's damn frustrating man 
But when you figure it out and you do it and you succeed, there is no better feeling in a game than when you feel like you beat a game and you beat a, an area or you figured something out. It was laid out that whole way, that whole time for you the exact same way. But you kept dying over and over and over again. And when you finally did it, you were like, yeah, I beat you game. Mm-hmm. Like I did it. I figured it out. And it was so fulfilling. And from there, I got into like a like a very cinematic part of the game where I was just kind of traversing and running away from a giant monster and it like totally changed the pace of the game. And then I got into like a like a castle setting area where I had like much higher perches over things and then I could do things differently and I could I was gaining more skills so I was able to do things differently and now the game's starting to evolve. Now I'm starting to get it. Now I'm starting to understand how to play it and I'm happy to say that I've totally 180 from my opinions of the game yesterday. Now I keep thinking about when I go back, how do I want to play it? What do I want to do first? Mm-hmm. And it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get harder. It's not going to maintain this level of difficulty. I'm in a honeymoon phase right now, yeah. much like I was when I first picked it up and I was blowing through low level enemies. And then that first boss was just like, nope, go learn the game again. <laughs> so I feel really good about it. I That's feel really good. good about it now. I still don't recommend it to everybody. Yeah. But I feel a lot better. I'm glad you turned a corner on it. Yeah. And. I was like, I, I knew, like, here's where I use it. That's where I used it and nothing happened <laughs> in the video. And you can physically see me die inside <laughs> on the video. <laughs> I'm like trying to figure out, did it do anything? Did anything change? Nope. <laughs> no. And then you'll see when I go to the uh, the idol, it's like, hey, man, here's all the stuff that happened. You got to do it this way. But... <sighs> The game is punishing, punishingly difficult, mm-hmm. unnecessarily at times. But um, I figured out that NPCs don't always permanently die. They just kind of you're just kind of blocked until such time that you can heal them. Some will die, but the very, very important ones like the sculptor mm-hmm. won't die. He just won't be able to do as much for you. He just coughs his ass off until you. Exactly. Dragon blood. Right. You can't talk to him because he's coughing so much. Gotcha. Um, I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything here. Um, One cool thing that the game does, just kind of a callback to games like Animusha, which we reviewed Mm -hmm. earlier on the show. Um, One of the earlier episodes. You have to hold in a button to actually absorb the droppings of other characters. Uh, not 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 the poop, but <laughs> like their coins and the things that they drop for you. You have to actually hold a button and absorb it. I'm, I'm watching you become visibly angry at the uh, the statue. <laughs> Here we go. See, dragon rot restor- restoration. <laughs> you do not have any dragon's blood drops, and then you just go, what? <laughs> <clears throat> Yep, there I am dying. See? <laughs> <laughs> Throwing yeah, your hands up. That's really all you can that do. Was in that was a thing. In that scenario. Um, the game's also got this cool um, this cool mechanic called Unseen Aid. Mm-hmm. Unseen Aid is um, it's a mechanic that grants you a 30% chance upon uh, of, of preventing the loss of money and skill points upon your death. So when you when you truly die in this game, you don't resurrect and die. 
when you truly die in this game and you have to start over anew, um, you lose half, half of your money and your skill points that you currently have. So if you have 10 skill points, you are down to five skill points. Don't if you have a thousand dollars, you are down to $500. Guess it's better than nothing. Yeah. But that just keeps having itself. So you won't lose everything after that. You'll just, you know, five turns into two and a half, two and a half turns into blah, 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 and et cetera. Yeah. Um, you can increase the chance of getting unseen aid. It's a maximum of 30%, but you can increase that chance by healing people who are inflicted with dragon rot. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time you die, you lose the four, a 4% of the chance to actually get unseen aid. And there's a little meter in that bottom right. So if you see my health bar, there's two little circles above it. The one on the left is the chance of unseen aid I have. And you'll know if it kicks in because when you resurrect and you're born again, it'll tell you, hey, you didn't lose anything thanks to unseen aid. The little bubble to the right of that is I have one resurrection left here. Mm-hmm. And it's tough because sometimes you forget that you can resurrect. So when you die, you're like, ah, oh, damn it. I, uh, you're like swearing and then you're like, oh, wait, wait, I can come back. And then you just immediately get one shot again. You just permanently <laughs> die. Um, so there's that. And I think I've pretty much touched on most of the game i think the story is pretty cool i'm curious to see where everything goes it seems pretty predictable about you know i'm just going to save somebody but we'll see how that all pans out i don't know too much about sekiro right now i did learn today that sekiro um was is a name that's given to him which means one-armed wolf Mm. so that's that's interesting tidbit um Again, I want to recommend this to more people. I just, I can't. I think if you're going to try this and you really have nothing else that you want to play and you want to play something that is brutal, it's punishing, it's hard, it's, and it's, but it's new. It's new. It feels familiar, but it's, it's, it's a new thing. It's a very unique game. The combat in this game, when you clock into it, feels so good but then there's other times where you feel like you've clocked into it and then you feel like an infant all over again like you have to (laughs) learn to walk from square one it's so satisfying when you figure it out though because there's it's it's like the sword fights that you see in movies and you're finally doing like when three guys are attacking you and you're convinced i'm gonna die here but if you can perfect parry two of those guys and take them out and just focus on one other guy Mm -hmm. it like those moments are few and far between in the game, but they feel so good when you figure it out. And then when you're able to clear an area and you're confident in a, in a, in a vicinity of, of enemies and you know how to pick them off and take them down. And then I got into a boss fight today, which took place in a giant open battlefield. And it was like, I couldn't get past um, the, the gate of like a castle. And this guy, <laughs> this giant samurai on a, on like a on like a gilded horse came out and was like i blocked the gate and you're not getting through the gate until i say so <laughs> and he's got this giant spear thing and you're like this little bit and you're just a little tiny ant just like hanging out <laughs> in the field and i fought him a couple times i was dying and i was like okay you know what i but but i get it i get the mechanics and then i finally figured it out and i i beat him that was the last thing i did before i shut it down today and it, like I, you can, I can tell that I'm 
I started to clock into it. So if you do give this game a chance and you put the hours to it, it's going to be frustrating. It's you're going to want to tear your hair out. You're going to want to throw your controller. Yeah. You're going to want to look in the mirror and question, are you even a man? Are you even a woman? Like, <laughs> what is what is life? What am I doing with my life? Just just put it down. Walk away. Do something else. Think about something else and come back to this rested and refreshed. And I guarantee you will have a better time. Wise words. So, so if you if you are going to give this a try, heed my warning but also listen to what I'm saying. Just believe in yourself. Try, try, try. The game says it's more punishing than it is. It's not going to actually kill people that are going to keep you from playing the game. It'll stop you, but Mm -hmm. it's not going to end it for you. And that's where I was like, F this. This is going to end it for me because from software doesn't pull any punches, but I was was wrong. I, I admit I'm wrong there. They'll, they'll throw some roadblocks at you, but they won't throw a, a impassable brick wall in yeah. your path. And just keep in mind, it's you can't reclaim what's lost in this game. Once you lose it, it's gone. If you die and you lose experience points and, and money, you got to go back and kill more people. You can't just go pick up a thing like you can in Dark Souls and in mm-hmm. Bloodborne. That, that does not exist here. You are given a second chance at life in this game. And that is your, that, that is your like one true saving grace. Yikes. <clears throat> so, which is cool because now you can like get really far in it and not be like, oh my God, I've got to go all the way back there through mm-hmm. all those enemies to just get the 50,000 souls I had nothing to spend on. It, it takes away from that a little bit. You actually so, want to go back. Do the enemies stay dead or do they come back? Oh no, they come back. The bosses stay dead. Okay. Like the ogre stays dead. The general samurai stay dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the the regular low level guys, like these guys, they they stay alive. Okay. Cool. Very interesting. And that is Sekiro. Shadows die twice. Yeah, this will be one. That once we figure out our Steam libraries, I'll probably try it. I definitely will not purchase this. <laughs> no, don't purchase it. I regretted it yesterday. I do not regret it at all today. Yeah. I feel really good about this game now. And I know that it's just going to get harder. I'm going it, to, it's going to be peaks and valleys. You're catching me at a peak right now. Mm-hmm. Talk to me next Tuesday, guys. <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I threw my computer away because I was so upset. <laughs> I won't even be on the podcast. I'll be FaceTiming with Brandon. <laughs> I'll be holding a phone up to the <laughs> webcam. But seriously, if you do decide to give this a try, I, I wish you luck. Um, go into it with an open mind. Don't go into it with preconceived notions. <laughs> and please, if you do play it, let me know how how it is for you. Let me know if you enjoy it. Let me know if you find it just as difficult, if you clocked into it right away. Um, I want to know what you think about it. And we also want to know what you think about all the news from the state of play today. Yeah. What excites you the most? What are you looking forward to? What do you hope to hear about in the next couple months and especially with E3 around the corner. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to? For sure. Always always looking for that feedback. Um, numerous ways that you can uh, you know, get back to us as far as your thoughts on things and uh, you know, just kind of let us know how we're doing, what we can improve upon. 
um, things like that. The uh, primary way <clears throat> that you can do that is uh, by getting at us on our uh, Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash gamesnat. That's facebook.com slash gamesnat. Um, you can also shoot us an email at the GNA podcast at gmail.com. Uh, haven't checked that in a while, but uh, you know, we, we do <laughs> check it every now and again. So if you we will us, check it every yeah, now, we'll check it. But Facebook, <laughs> yeah, we'll face, Facebook is, is your best bet because we will see the, uh, the notification for that. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to this on iTunes, uh, don't forget, we always, uh, for the most part, are going to be live streaming this uh, on Tuesday nights right around 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, so you can uh, you know, join us then during the live show and comment in real time. Or if you're watching it after the fact and you want to chime in uh, you know, during the, uh, your rewatch, as it were, um, you know, it'll timestamp it and it will give us a notification letting us know that uh, you know, you've left us a comment. So we will see any comments that you leave, even if it is on uh, a previous episode. Um, you can also find episodes 1 through 14 on our Facebook page, which are currently not available on iTunes. So if you, uh, you know, are craving more, there's uh, 14 episodes uh, floating around on Facebook that you can check out. Which, if you are craving more, please reach out to us and let us know why. I yeah. would really like to know. Yeah, let us know what we're doing. Why you want to listen right. to us 14 more times. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're uh, finding us on Facebook or you know, really wherever, um, you know, give us a share. Tell your friends about us. Um, you know, word of mouth goes a long way with this type of thing. And uh, you know, the more more listeners we have, the better. And then hopefully we can kind of play into that uh that angle of uh you know involving our audience uh, a little bit more um what else we got here for the uh, end uh if you're listening on itunes uh you know throw us a rate and review on there helps us uh kind of push our way toward the top of a very crowded space in podcasting so that will mm-hmm. go a long way for us um not only can you find us on itunes you can also find us uh, pretty much anywhere where your uh, podcasts are available. Andrew, anything else you want to add here at the end? No, just remember that although I may have had a really bad experience with a game this weekend and I turned it around for myself, and even though Brandon and I really love the division, maybe you hate the division, maybe you love it too, maybe you're wondering if we should try it or not, just remember And we encourage you, try things on your own. And remember, only opinion that matters is your own. We'll see you next week. Yep, we'll see you then.